Pastor Chris's podcast. So the Transformers was one of my favorite cartoons and favorite toys to play with when I was a kid back in the 1980s. And it's been a a series that has lasted a long time through uh, many decades. Um, Optimus Prime was a leader of the Autobots. He was the hero of the story who fought for good and to protect the people of Earth. Optimus Prime was a robot that could transform into a, a, a tractor trailer. And he was one of the strongest Transformers, but he was also a wise and noble leader. He always would put the good of others beyond himself, even to the point of willing to sacrifice himself for others. So he he sort of was a character that that showed that leadership quality. He was was a a strong leader. And that's why I played the clip today, because today I want to talk about the spiritual gift of leadership. You see, when a person chooses to follow Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit gives them, gives, gives them a special talent to serve in the church and help transform the world. Romans chapter 12, verses 6 through 8, tells of many of the, the, the gifts that the Holy Spirit gives. To some, he gives the gift of prophecy. Others might receive the gift of serving or teaching or encouraging or kindness or giving. And we have talked about almost all of these. We've got two more to go. Today, I want to talk about the spiritual gift of leadership. Now, I am what is called an elder in the United Methodist Church. That's the technical term that the United Methodist Church uses for someone who has been fully trained, examined, approved, and ordained as a minister to lead a United Methodist congregation. And I I think it's sort of ironic for me to think of myself as an elder. (laughs) On the one hand, my kids would agree. They think I am old and they don't ever miss a chance to tell me. Um, But on the other hand, at 45, I'm still younger than most other United Methodist pastors. Um, Most United Methodist pastors are between the ages of 55 and 70. So I'm at least 10, still at least 10 years younger than the average, I guess you would say. Um, But the word elder used to describe a Christian minister comes from the Greek word presbyteros, which is used in the New Testament. In the early New Testament church, the leaders of various congregations throughout the Christian world were called presbyteros in Greek or presbyters in, in English or what we call elders. It's a word that can be translated to elders. They were people that the Holy Spirit equipped with leadership abilities. Often elders were indeed the older people of the congregation. Perhaps that's where the term came from. These were people who had had life experience that had led them um, to be able to lead other people and had also given them wisdom that others saw that made people want to follow them. But it wasn't necessarily uh, an age thing or generational thing. We see in the New Testament examples of young people leading the church, young people who were called elders, people like Timothy, whom the Holy Spirit had equipped to be an elder in the church. Um, and uh, we, we know that in the New Testament, there are two letters named after Timothy um, because Paul, the apostle, wrote to Timothy 
and told him not to let anyone despise his youth. Uh, Don't let being young stop him from being a leader because God had gifted him to be a leader and he needed to step up and lead. So age is not what is critical for leadership. What really is important is that the Holy Spirit gives you the gift to lead and that you step up and you lead. Now I want you to listen to what the Word of God says. Uh, one thing that the Word of God says on leadership from 1 Peter and chapter 5 and verses 1 through 4. And now a word to you who are elders in the church, in the churches. I too am an elder and a witness to the sufferings of Christ. I too will share in his glory when he is revealed to the whole world. As a fellow elder, I appeal to you. Care for the flock that God has entrusted to you. Watch over it willingly, not grudgingly. Not for what you will get out of it, but because you are eager to serve God. Don't lord it over the people assigned to your care, but lead them by your own good example. And when the great shepherd appears, you will receive a crown of never-ending glory and honor. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Now, immediately from this passage, you can see some important aspects of Holy Spirit-inspired Christian leadership that set it apart from worldly leaders. That's interesting that uh, you will notice if you look at leadership teachings in our world today, in the secular world, in the business world, um, oftentimes they have learned that what Christians have known about leadership, what Jesus taught about leadership, not only applies in the church, it also applies in the, in the business world or in the secular world. And so many business leaders have adopted some of these principles, but it was not necessarily so in the beginning. In the ancient world during New Testament times, World leaders were very different from Christian leaders. Caesar, the emperor of Rome, was the ultimate example of a non-Christian leader. Caesar lorded his position over everyone in his kingdom. His power corrupted him to the point that he thought that he was a god and that everyone was put on earth to serve him. Caesar even expected people to die for him, maybe even uh, for fickle reasons. For instance, gladiators in the Roman Colosseum were, were forced to fight each other to the death, sometimes merely for the amusement of Caesar. People obeyed Caesar out of fear of death. If you disobeyed Caesar, you certainly be, could be put to death. Now, Let's contrast the the leadership in Caesar's kingdom to leadership to the leadership of Jesus in the kingdom of God. In the kingdom of God, we know that Jesus is Lord. He is the king of kings and the Lord of lords. John chapter one, verse two through five tells us that Jesus existed in the beginning with God. God created everything through him and that nothing was created except through him. And that Jesus gave life to everything that was created. And his life brought light to everyone. The light shines in the darkness and the darkness can never extinguish it. And so if anyone is worthy of worship and honor and respect and total devotion and absolute obedience, it is Jesus, not the Caesars of the world. 
And yet, Jesus did not use his position to lord it over his people the way Caesar did. Instead, as Philippians chapter 2 verses 6 through 8 tells us, though he was God, he did not think equality with God something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his, his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. And when he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God and died as a criminal's died a criminal's death on the cross. And why did he die on the cross? It was not because of anything for which he was guilty. It was in order to take our place for the sins that we have committed. So in other words, Caesar's leadership was to glorify himself while Jesus humbled himself. Caesar tried to make the kingdom do what was best for him. Jesus always would do what was best for the kingdom. Caesar indulged in his privileges, in his privileges as a leader. Jesus gave up his privileges for others' sakes. Caesar made everyone serve him. Jesus served everyone else. Caesar made other people die for him. Jesus died for everyone else. Big difference. 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 1, is a good verse to remember. And it's an easy one to remember because remember, it's just, it's 1, 1, 1, 1. Remember that. 1, 1, 1, 1. 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 1. It says, follow my example as I follow the example of Christ. Follow my example as I follow the example of Christ. You see, if you follow Christ, you have the potential to lead someone. Every Christian, in a sense, is a leader. You might not think you are a leader, but you are. If you are following Christ, you are following the perfect example, and then someone can follow you and therefore be following Christ. If you are a parent, you are leading your children. If you are a grandparent, you are still leading. You maybe are leading your kids, maybe not as closely as you did when they were younger, but you are still there as, a, as an authority figure, as a, someone with wisdom. And sometimes you might see them going through things that you went through before and have come out on the other side. So you can offer guidance. You also may be leading your grandkids. Grandkids uh, and grandparents have a special relationship because kids sometimes, um, you know, they have a relationship with their parents, but their relationship with their grandparents is just different. Uh, grandparents aren't there necessarily to be directly and intensely telling their grandkids what to do. It's a different kind of relationship. You have a different opportunity that parents don't have. Are you using that relationship as an opportunity to lead? If you are a young person, you can still be a leader too. You are influencing your friends. Somebody is watching you. Somebody may be following your example. Are you as a young person always only following what your friends tell you to do? Are you also influencing your friends to move in the right direction? If you're a Christian, you should. Because you should be following Christ. And therefore, anyone who follows you could also be following Christ. The fact that you are in the church this morning 
automatically makes you a leader in some sense. If somebody saw you go to church today or knew that you were going to church today, they look to you as an example of what it means to be a Christian. You may be the only person that they know who represents to them what it means to be a Christian. And so they are looking to your example and you are leading them maybe in the right direction or the wrong direction according to how you live. So we all are leaders in some sense and we all have a flock, so to speak, whether it is our kids, our grandkids, our friends or our neighbors. And 1 Peter chapter 5 verses 2 through 3 says this, care for your flock. The flock that God has entrusted to you. Watch over it willingly, not grudgingly, not for what you will get out of it, but because you are eager to serve God. Don't lord it over the people assigned to your care, but lead them by your own good example. And that's a word for every single one of us today. The Holy Spirit gives some people the special ability to lead. God has always used special leaders to guide his people. He used Joseph in Genesis to save the Egyptians and his family from starvation during a seven-year famine. Then God used a man named Moses to lead his people out of slavery in Egypt. And God used a man named Joshua to lead his people into the promised land. Without godly leaders, God's people, the masses, would not get anything done. And just like in those Old Testament stories, the Holy Spirit of God raises up leaders today to lead the church. Could leadership be your spiritual gift? Think about it. Here are some traits of Christian leaders. First of all, leaders... See where everyone needs to go. God gives leaders a vision for where he wants his people to go. And he enables the leaders to get others to follow him. Think of the story of Moses. Moses is out walking in the wilderness, tending his sheep, and he sees a burning bush. And God gives him a vision. He says, I want you to lead my people out of slavery in Egypt. And then Moses goes and he begins to lead the people out. Not willingly at first, but that's often the case. If you're sitting in your seat right now and you're saying, I'm not a leader. I'm not a speaker. I don't have the ability to get up in front of people and lead these things. Guess what? You're acting just like Moses. Maybe that means you actually are a leader. Leaders see where everyone needs to go. Secondly, leaders garner loyalty. You can't lead if no one will follow you. That doesn't mean necessarily that people will automatically follow you, but people with a spiritual gift of leadership seem to earn people's respect and trust and loyalty. Do people listen to you? Do they respect your opinion? Do they want to follow you? Do you do things that help people to want to follow you? Then you're probably a leader. Now, be careful to love the people who follow you and build that loyalty, build that trust, 
Because as you lead people, you will undoubtedly have to go through some dry and weary land. You might have to travel across some difficult terrain. And people might start to question, why am I following this person? But they trust you even when they don't understand and they will continue to follow you. Leaders garner loyalty. And leaders are usually a few steps ahead. Now imagine that you are in a tour group. And you're going to a museum and you're being led by a tour guide. And the tour guide is probably walking a few steps in front of you and everyone else, right? Showing you where to go. The guide is leading the group. Leaders are usually out in front showing the way. Leaders are usually out in front showing the way. Leaders are probably the first ones to arrive at something, at an event or a function, because they've got to get there first and they've got to get things ready and they've got to, they've ought to always be a few steps ahead of everyone else. Many times, leaders are also the last ones to leave because as they've been leading everyone and then the group is going on through and now they're waiting to make sure that no one gets left behind. The leader is making sure everyone has made it to the next destination safely. So leaders are usually a few steps ahead of everyone else. Leaders are able to delegate. It's impossible for leaders to do everything. It's not that a leader is too good to do something. It's just that there's just too much to do. And the leader has other things to do that only the leader can do. Therefore, they can't do everything. And so a good leader knows that they need help from others and a good leader learns what other people's abilities are and they know that they've got to get people involved so they learn what people are capable of what their abilities are and they get them plugged in in the right ways giving people something to do helps everyone move forward and develops each individual's abilities it even creates new leaders within the group Because people start to get involved. Leaders overcome resistance. Most people just like to remain comfortable. They just, they're wary of change. They're wary of things that they don't understand. They're wary of the unknown. But if a leader is doing their job, they are probably leading people out of their comfort zone towards a new and better place. But that doesn't necessarily mean that the people will go willingly, at least not at first. The leader knows that it's going to be better off for them in the long run, but people still will resist. And there may also be resistance from outside forces, difficulties up ahead, dark forces that don't want God's people to be on the move. So a leader has to find strength from God to overcome resistance Both resistance within their own heart, both resistance from the people they're trying to lead, and also resistance from forces outside of it in order to lead God's people to move forward. And lastly, leaders are able to make quick decisions and be decisive. Now, sometimes there is time to sit and ponder a decision and really analyze it and decide what is the best thing to do. And sometimes very important decisions require a lot of time to study and to contemplate. However, 
Oftentimes, the pace of leading God's people is so fast that there just isn't enough time to agonize over every minor detail and decision that has to be made. So leaders know when to wait for God's leading on an important issue and take their time, and also when to make decisions quick about minor details that aren't as important. A leader also surrounds themselves with lots of wise and conscientious people and listens to their good advice. But in the end, the leader makes a decisive decision and loyal people will follow them into whatever promised land God is trying to lead them to. So the Holy Spirit gives some people in the church the gift of prophecy or the gift of teaching the gift of encouraging or giving, and he gives some people the gift of leadership. And we need all of the different gifts to be at work in God's church in order for us to be all that God wants us to be so that we can help transform the world around us. My question for you today is, what is the Holy Spirit's gifting in your life? Has the Holy Spirit given you the gift of leadership? I want to pray today that the Lord would speak to you if you are a leader or if you have another gift. Would you bow your heads? I want you to just allow God's presence to move around you. Open yourself up to him today. Lord God, we thank you for Jesus Christ, the ultimate leader. He is leading us to salvation through the cross. We thank you, O God, for the great sacrifice that he made, allowing his life to be, allowing his lifeblood to be shed on the cross, poured out for us for the forgiveness of our sins. Jesus said, if anyone would come after me, he also must take up his cross, follow me every day, denying himself, following me. So Lord God, um, we come to you now and I pray that every person that is here would surrender their life to you. And Lord, for all who do, for all who follow Christ as Lord, for all who trust in him for salvation and for eternal life, your Holy Spirit fills us, lives within us and gives each of us Gifts for the use of your kingdom to help transform our world. And so, God, today, I pray that you would raise up within your church special gifted leaders to help lead your people. Lord God, if there are those here today who are struggling with that, who you have given the special ability to lead, but they don't trust themselves I pray, O God, that you would speak to their hearts today and raise them up as leaders. Give them the confidence that they need. Give them the the word, the vision that they need to lead. Overcome their resistance, just as you did Moses and so many others who were afraid or just didn't want to step up and lead. And Lord God, if there are others here today that that have other gifts, teaching, prophecy, healing, the ability to do miracles, 
the ability to encourage others, the ability, the special ability to be kind, whatever the gift is, speak to our hearts as well. And, oh God, help us to use those gifts for your glory and so that our world may become more like the kingdom of God. For it's in the name of Jesus Christ that we pray. Amen.